Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. We were talking yesterday about effective prayer. Yes. Amen. And uh, one, of the, one of the great assignments on the body of Christ in the last days, in the end times, is that we take our place in prayer. It's not an option. I said it's not an option. Uh, there are things that won't be accomplished without the right kind of prayer. And you hear me use that phrase a lot, the right kind of prayer, because James chapter 5 talked about the effectual fervent prayer. There's ineffectual prayer. And it's practiced by those who don't know what effectual prayer is. Amen. Uh, what was that? I didn't mean that to be funny. I don't. <laughs> you have to learn. My point is, you have to learn. You have to learn how to pray. You remember when uh, when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, "Teach us to pray," because just on our just in our own natural thinking, we ain't doing it like it like you doing it. Amen. And so uh, there are things to learn in this area, and it will make you more effective. There's skill in prayer. And and listen, you understand that next to maybe being in the Word, your prayer life is the biggest part of your spiritual life. Amen. And it's, how many know, if you only pray before a meal on holidays, you're lacking. You're lacking. You're behind a little bit. And we got, we got, we got to come up because uh, it, we call it a prayer life. A prayer life because prayer encompasses so much, so many forms. And it really is uh, an all-day, everyday communion with God. But then there's other, there's other levels, if I could say it that way. There's other forms and other levels that prayer takes. All of them are necessary. But it's also practical. Sorry, it's also possible to practice prayer ineffectively just by, just by the fact that you don't know how to practice it effectively. You know, um, and, and what I'm saying is not just my opinion. The Bible uh, talks about this. Jesus talked about people who prayed vain prayers. It was, and they said it was vain repetition. Vain means empty. And so they were going, matter of fact, they were, they were going through great effort in their prayer but it was empty. I'm going to know that uh, if you do something and it comes up empty, you're not, it's not accomplishing what it ought to accomplish. Amen. And so we saw in James 5, and we'll have you just go there to start off with this morning. And there's some places that we want to go this week, and I hope you're believing with us. And, and I'm going to know God's going to do his part. Amen. We're going to endeavor to yield to him, do our part. But we need, all, we need everybody here doing their part. Everybody... Your part's to receive and believe and exercise your faith and stay turned on and tuned in and hooked up. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So James chapter 5 is uh, just a, a pivotal verse, a big verse that lets us know how to pray effectively in the last days. We've read it yesterday. Uh, it's that 16th verse and the, the end of it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, Amen. avails much. And the Amplified, of course, says makes tremendous power available. Right. And that is literally, if you look up that word avail in the, in the Greek, that is the connotation. It, it is talking about bringing great strength and force on the scene. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Now, we understand this, that God's power, uh, Ephesians chapter one, talks about the greatness of his power to usward who believe. God's already connected his power to your life. Don't know if you know that or thought about that or not, but he's already connected power. And so it's, uh, when we talk about the power of God, we're not talking about something that, uh, again, back to some of what we said yesterday, we're not talking about something that we're trying to get him to give us. We're not talking about something that we're trying to get him to send. He said, you'll be endued with power from on high when you receive the, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You have, you have power connected to you. You are all the time connected. If you're born again, you are all the time connected to the, pow- the, the greatest power of the universe. Right. Right. Amen. Right. It's never a power issue. It's never a power issue. You don't, have to, you don't have to call heaven and say, are you guys having an outage? Huh? Is there an outage going? We get emails all the time. About, there's a scheduled outage, power, power outage. We've got to work on the grid. There's never a time where God's working on the grid and he's got to shut down. He's got to shut things down. Amen. There's never a time where, uh, you know, the powers of darkness give such a big blow to things that it just temporarily knocks out power from heaven. No, power's available all the time. Uh, But power is not what we would say in manifestation all the time. And it's not, uh, I like to say it this way, it's not at the forefront of people's lives where it's easily accessible. Do you hear those words? Easily accessible. Friends, that's what this is talking about, the the effective prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, it makes the power that's already wired to us, so to speak, it makes it easily accessible, brings it to the place of manifestation. That's necessary. Thanks for your excitement, your enthusiasm. We run this way, right? I'm telling you, this, this power is necessary. We're, we're, I'm taking it slow, God. I want you to get it. I want, I want us to get it. I want, I want to get it. I want to get it. We cannot accomplish the plan of God in the last days as a powerless church. That should be, that should be easy for us to agree upon because the body of Christ has been trying to do it without power for decades. Thinking that we're going to reap the harvest on, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, speaking negatively of any of the efforts that we make to try to reap God's harvest. The efforts in the flesh, you know what I mean. But, but to think that just, uh, you know, handing somebody a, a booklet. Now, now God can move through that. People can get saved through that. But it hasn't worked large scale yet. Huh? You know, having a having a men's day on Father's Day. Uh, Father's Day Sunday where we have uh, Christian sports heroes come in and speak. Nothing wrong with that if somebody's led to do that. Right. If a pastor, right? If somebody's led to do that, that's okay. And we're going to give away a man cave. <laughs> you see, in other words, churches will do these kinds of things from time to time. And they're trying to do it to reach out and gather in souls, the harvest. But you understand that uh, even if a person's led to do that, that alone, that, uh, the power of that television in the man cave is not going to reap God's harvest. 
Amen. So we've been going through these things for generations, generation after generation, and we're you know, trying to come up, well, we got this method and this method. We have the method. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Now, what will that power do? Oh, my Lord. It's power to save, power to deliver, power to heal, power to break addiction, power to set free, power to bust depression, power, power to set you right, give you life. It's life-giving, creative power. We need it. We need not, it's not just that Christians, Christians need it, but the world needs it. And the world is not in position, if I could say this, the world is typically not in position to grab it by just the hearing of faith and understand principles that they don't even know yet. But when the power of God has been made available, when it is brought into the place of manifestation, then people who don't know how to access it will end up encountering it. Amen. And folk who come in who didn't know what being saved is will get saved. Folk who didn't know that you could get healed when you get saved, they'll get that. That's what, that's what this era calls for. That's what, that's what the move of God that we talk about, the revival, the, the end times, that's what the end times call for. It's ne- power is necessary. Huh? You can, you can try to build a house with a manual screwdriver. Help yourself. But thank God there's power. I mean, if Noah had had some of them battery packs, don't you know? If he had, if he had been able to just slip, a, slip a battery pack in a DeWalt or something or Milwaukee or whatever you like, whatever tools you like, Noah had had power tools. He wouldn't have taken 120 years probably to build a boat. Power makes things go quicker. Power makes things work better. And there is no reason when God's given us his power, there's no reason to be doing without it. Amen. But it's prayer that brings it into manifestation. The right kind of prayer. Glory to God. And that's necessary because uh, you go to places and it's not always there like it needs to be. Amen. But you know, historically, you think about the, the different moves of God. Uh, I'm telling you, the ones you talk about the most are the ones where the power flowed the strongest. Yeah. And why did it flow strong? Huh? Help us out. I'm trying, love, and, and it's just not getting through. I'm getting to like, you know, no, I'm just kidding. But help us, come help us out. Help us out. Why? Why? Well... I mean, you're talking about effective prayer. Um, what is effective prayer? We see in different portions of the scripture, men of God finding things in the scripture, thinking of Daniel, when he found in the book of Jeremiah. And he said, wait a second, we're not supposed to be in captivity anymore. Yeah. It says here in, in the word, that after 70 years, yeah. we're supposed to be out of here. It's time. We're, yeah. we're supposed to pack up. We're supposed to go back home. And what did he do? He found in the word what God's plan was for his day. Yeah. And then he got on his knees and he said, okay, God, what about this? It's supposed to be now. Yeah. It's supposed to be now. 
It's supposed to be now. It's supposed to be now. It's supposed to be now. It's supposed to be now. And so, I mean, we know we can find in the word what the last days, what the last days are supposed to look like. Can we look in Acts chapter 2? Hallelujah. Men throughout the ages have to find what God is supposed to be doing in their day. And then pray effectively. Praise God. Acts chapter 2. Let me get to the... You know, Jesus had to do that. Jesus discovered his ministry in the Word. He did. He had to find out who he was from the Word. Praise God. Acts chapter 2, we're familiar with this, but when, when the Holy Ghost fell on that crew, that 120 in the upper room, they all came tumbling out, filled with the Holy Ghost, and all the people gathered around and said, what in the world is this? And Peter stands up and starts preaching, and he says in verse 15, For these are not drunk, as you suppose, seeing it's about the third hour of the day, but this is that which was what? Oh, oh, spoken in the Old Testament. Oh, we've got the word for this. Oh, oh, okay, so we've got the word. What is it? It shall come to pass in the last days. Hey, if we want to find out what God wants to be doing right now, let's find out. What this phrase means, the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, all flesh. Why does power need to be made available today? Because it's God's will that he pour his spirit out on all flesh and brothers and sisters all flesh on this earth does not know how to tap into the power of God they don't know how to receive it they want it they might not even know they want it but they want it yeah it's our job the church's job to pray and tap into the power for the people praise God Hallelujah. On all flesh, on all flesh, on all flesh, your sons, your daughters. Uh oh. Both of them, sons and daughters, they're going to prophesy. They're going to be anointed to reach the people. Praise God. Young men are going to see visions. Old men are going to dream dreams on servants, on my servants, on handmaidens. I'll pour out in In those those days days of of my spirit. spirit. And they're going to prophesy. Yes. They're going to be anointed to reach the people yeah. with the power. Speak by the Spirit. That's prophesying. Yeah. Speaking yeah. by the Spirit. Doesn't mean we're all prophets. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but we're all anointed if we're aware of it. We are all anointed. To speak by the Spirit Mm -hmm. to those who are around. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You want me? You you do you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Can I read you just two of these scriptures in the Weiss translation? 
the Wiest translation. You Ken, Kenneth Wiest was a, a, yeah. a Bible scholar in, I think he died in the 1960s, but he was a Greek scholar. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. Oh, 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 let me get it. Okay. Uh, verse 17 says, and it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will abundantly bestow my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons shall speak forth by divine inspiration. Also your daughters and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And then it goes on in verse 19 and says, and I will bring forth miracles of a startling amazement awakening character in the heaven above and miracles upon the earth whose purpose it is to attest the workings and words of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Miracles, miracles of a startling amazement awakening nature. Glory to God. Outstanding. Hallelujah. That's God's plan for today, for right now. Hallelujah. That's what he wants to accomplish. And that's what the effectual fervent prayer taps into. Yeah. Now, last week was Thanksgiving, right? And uh, most of us had some turkey. I made a turkey. And um, I put... offering. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't a burnt off. It wasn't. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> Why? Because I actually, our, um, my turkey was in a bag. If you put it in the, that cooking bag, it helps keep it moist and keeps yeah. all the juices. Well, then at the end of the cooking time, right, you let it set, and then I need to get to that juice, those drippings. Why? Because I need to make gravy, right? Because you can't have turkey without gravy. And so... Um, I needed help because all that juice was in that bag, but there was this big old turkey in the middle of that bag. And how do you get to that? Well, I called my husband, right? And I said, you hold the bag up. So he holds the bag with the turkey up because it's too hot for me to hold it. So I make him do it. So he holds that up. It was a little turkey. I'm not making him hold 20 pounds of it. It was a little one, but um, he holds it up. Why? So that all the juice can run to the bottom of that bag, right? Mm. And what do I do? I grab myself a big old bowl, stick it under that bag, and I get myself some kitchen shears. I poke that bag, and all the juice comes out. What does our prayer do? God's, God's got all the power that we could ever uh, need. We're just tapping in, tapping yeah. in tapping in. Glory to God. We can tap in in Georgetown. People can tap in in Africa. They can tap in in Asia. And we can tap into all that power and make it available. Yeah. So it's not just blessing our life. It's blessing all those we come in contact with. It's blessing all flesh. We are not satisfied here on this earth until all flesh has the opportunity to say yes. And if you read through Acts chapter 2, it starts saying that God wants all, all to be saved. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
glory yeah, I, I'm thinking some, somebody asked me one time, uh, we were starting at one of the churches, I don't know, and they said, well, how many folk you believe in to reach? And I said, well, how many are there? Right. <laughs> right. I know you're not going to reach everybody, we understand that, but why are we shooting for less than how, how, how many's in Georgetown? That's, that's what we're going for. That's what we're going for. <laughs> that's who Jesus died for. He died for all. He died for all. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 no. Poke He's, the bag. Poke the bag. <laughs> well, you know, I'm thinking, Pastor Nancy, because ta- uh, you talked about the pinata. Yeah. Yeah. And that, exactly. that's just, I'm reminded of exactly. that. You know, a pinata, <laughs> you know, the bad part about that, she says, is you blindfolding kids, giving them a stick. <laughs> but uh, you, when you strike that, you know something, this is interesting, and this has happened more than one time, but it happened here. Uh, the very first night we walked in, I walked in and I could see a cloud of miracles hanging, uh, hanging right here, and I knew all we had to do was poke the bag. How do you do that? With faith, with obedience, with participating in the flow of God. Yeah. Well, that's not surprising. To, it's not surprising that that's there. Now, everybody's not going to see that. And I didn't see it physically. I saw it in my spirit. Discerned it. You're nodding like you did too. Under, or saw it too. But anyhow, praise the Lord. Continue. Hallelujah. So I said every, in every generation, uh, men have had to uh, receive the revelation from God of how to make this power available, how to pray effectively. Yeah. And one of those men... Uh, who I like to read after. His name is John Lake. And um, in 1920, 100 years ago, he was a missionary to Africa, South Africa. And he had climbed himself up to the top of one of the mountains there, and he was looking out and just surveying in his region, you know, just as far as his eyes could see and trying to figure out about, you know, if there's this many tribes you know, on the, you know, these different hills and different things like that. And he was figuring back in 1920, there was probably a million people that he could, that he, you know, just in that, in that area that had never heard the name of Jesus. And um, he had this, that, that scripture uh, from Acts 2 rolling through his heart, you know, in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit. Mm-hmm. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And, he, and he's like, ah, oh, how does that happen? How do, how, what does that look like? And, um, and he was talking to God about it. And, and he was, and he's like, this is the reason. Uh, he said, in the last days, it says, God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And every last one of these, uh, you know, million or 200 million people are going to hear and know about the Lord Jesus. And he said this, he said, beloved, I would rather have a place in the kingdom of God to pray that thing into existence and to pray the power of God upon them than anything else in the world. Read that again. This is what Brother Lake said. Yeah. Beloved, I would rather have a place in the kingdom of God Above anything else. I mean, he was a preacher and things like that. But I'd rather have a place in the kingdom of God to pray that thing into existence. What thing? (laughs) His spirit being poured out on all flesh to pray that thing into existence. And to pray the power of God upon them than anything else in the world. Mm. And then he goes on to say, and so I began to pray. 
And he said, God, have you no interest in these people? Wow. <laughs> He's trying to figure this out. And if, if you do have interest, why is not something done for them? What's the matter with God? He said. My heart was breaking under the burden of it. I said, God, there is an explanation somewhere. What is it? Yeah. Lord, tell me about this thing. And as he meditated, he said, after a while, the spirit said, the church, which is his body. From Ephesians 1.22. And I knew that was God's answer. And I said, yes, the church, the church. We should have sent more missionaries and built more schools yeah. and done more. Because in his day, that's all he knew was when missionaries went, they built schools, they taught yeah. people English, and, you know, they, they tried to make an effect. But the Spirit kept on saying, the church, which is his body. Mm -hmm. The church, which is his body. And I sat and listened to that voice repeat that sentence for a half an hour. Hmm. Remember what um, my husband was saying yesterday when he was just meditating yeah. on Matthew 8, 17. Mm -hmm. Just going over it and over it. That's what the Spirit was helping Brother Lake. The church. The church. The church. The church. Which is his body. So he listened to that voice repeat for half an hour. And I said, my God, my soul begins to see. The church is the generating power of God in the world. The church has been negligent in one thing. She has not prayed the power of God into manifestation. Wow. Yeah. So what we see in our day, I mean, what we're, we're just getting this out of the word, but other people in other generations yeah. had the same Bible. Yeah. They saw the yeah. same thing. The same and thing. they said, hey, this is where we're at. Got to do our part. We've got to do our part. Got to do our part. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so the different revivals that, that we have enjoyed in our country, in different countries, you'll, you'll look and you'll see that you'll see that the right kind of prayer was involved in all of them. Absolutely. Um, we talk about Charles Finney. And, um, that, and there was such power in his ministry. And you know what it was? It was convicting power. Yeah. Was, was, you know, I'm sure there was other things too, but there was convicting power. You ever experienced that? Yes. I did yes. In, the, in the first church I went to. It was a Baptist church. They, they weren't even what you would call filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. But man, I'll tell you what, when I heard the gospel yeah. being preached, something sat on me. Yeah. That's yes. convicting power. Yes. And you understand that that can be stronger or lighter that can be uh that can be so strong that when you just come into a room it's like something something starts drawing you in like a like a, a magnet if you're a country western lasso if you're a sci-fi guy tractor beam you know what a tractor beam that that would take the spaceships and just draw it in how many know what i'm talking about i, I got you with that one yeah but there was see now he had uh and it's amazing what one person can do. Right. Because he had Father Nash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Finney did. Mm -hmm. Finney did. Yeah. I think his name was Daniel Nash. Mm. Was his name. Mm -hmm. Who was, uh, he, I don't think he so much cared to be in the meetings. 
He wanted to go there ahead of time and pray this thing out. Pray this, like it said here, pray the power of God into manifestation. Make make sure that when that service starts, that the place is saturated so that the people can easily access what's needed. Amen. And I'm telling you, those kind of conversions, they stick. (laughs) They stick. And we've seen it different times with healing power and different manifestations. Talk about uh, talk about the one that he talks about. We just learned this the other day. Well, he references here um, a lady. Uh, we know her as Mariah Woodworth Edder. He calls her Mother Edder. And he says, Mother Edder has been like a marshal for 50 years. Now, this is 1920. So she's already been preaching for 50 years. Says the sick have been healed. People have been converted and blessed. But beloved, when I, have, when I heard of Brother Brooks shutting himself up night and day to pray the power of God on a world, I said, that's where she gets her fire. And that is where it comes from. Uh, He was basically saying, Brother Brooks (laughs) is responsible for Mother Edder being able to flow the way she does and make the effect that she does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, None of of us who, who are used of God None of us is a solo artist. No. You know what I mean? There's no solo artist in the body of Christ. Um, I, you know, I, I traveled with, thank you. Did, did you have more right there? Okay. Um, but traveling with Brother Hagen, I, I got to see, you know, firsthand, up close. He was used of God in some tremendous ways. But I saw the supply of prayer that was required. That's really where I learned some of these things just initially. You know, I, I learned, and, and then I was, a, I was privileged to be around people who were um, professional prayers. <laughs> what I mean by that is that that was their assignment, really, that like they felt like this was their, uh, you know, it's, it's everybody's responsibility, yes. but there are some who just feel particularly assigned. My wife gets assignments in prayer that take up quantities of time. I don't particularly get those, those same assignments. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have that time. But unless God said, and then, then we make the time. But anyhow, I remember one lady, if I called her name, I think you probably know it, but uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to share all that, so I won't call her name. But, but anyhow, she, we, we were in a meeting in their church with Brother Hagen, and uh, she, this lady was a prayer. I mean, I mean like that, this was her thing, and she, she's actually well known for it. And she said, you know, truthfully, I don't even want to be in the services. I'm so in the spirit of prayer that I'd really just rather pray. And you can get to that place. It's not that she didn't like what was going to happen in the services, but you can so get in that flow, you just don't want to get out of it, even to sit in the service. You just want to, you just get so hooked up to the generator and you, and you, and you, you're in that, you're in that prayer generator and you like it. I said, you like it. So really, that's one thing about the right kind of prayer. It's not burdensome. You know, you get talking about how, how necessary something is and how you can't do without it. And folk can get the idea like, oh, yeah, the, we're, you're laying this on my plate and you're laying this on. I'm telling you, you, you get into the effective kind of prayer. Well, you start to see things before. You can see things that are going to happen in the service before you get to the service. That's not just for the minister. Who was the sister? Was it, was it Sister it's Rachel? Sister Rachel Tiefetiller. 
Um, Tell I was, about it. I was privileged to sit under her one time, and she was telling a, a story of when she was in her prayer closet praying, and she starts praying out a scripture, and then she starts praying out um, different different points about Outlines. that scripture, and next thing she knew, you know, she realizes she's writing a sermon outline, and she thinks, Lord, I'm not a preacher. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to preach. Please don't, please don't call me to preach. And the more she prays, the more she's writing this outline, bullet points, and you, you name it. And, and she's so concerned. She comes out of her prayer closet thinking, I'm not a preacher. And that, that following week, she goes to a service, and there's a man named Kenneth Hagen that she'd never heard of before. Had never heard of before. And he gets up and preaches that exact sermon point for point so those of you that really want to manipulate your pastor <laughs> this is <laughs> this is how you can actually do it <laughs> praise the lord but i've had that i've had that happen where i've been on the airplane going to a meeting and you start praying and you start getting the scripture rolling around and you start, you know, and, and maybe it's because I do preach that, you know, you start thinking, well, how would we minister this? But you start, you know, writing things down. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not ministering at wherever I'm headed. But yeah. then someone would get up and that was the flow of the week. Yeah. What are we doing? We're tapping in and making the power available yeah. for whoever it is. You're bringing what's needed to the forefront. Yes. So, you know, for all of us, for us ministers, you know, our great sermon wasn't all that much us, was it? Not so much. <laughs> it was probably somebody else. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go. Um, That's good. Thank you. That was awesome. Sure. Super awesome. <clears throat> Come back tomorrow. <laughs> Go, uh, go to the first chapter of Revelation. And uh, like I said to you that God has dealt with me about a certain direction in these, for this week in these morning services. And I want to maybe just introduce a little bit of it today. I know. Um, everything we've talked about can kind of home run back to one phrase that we're going to see in the scriptures here. Praise the Lord, Revelation, first chapter. And I'm going to know Revelation was penned by the Apostle John later in his life. And in verse 10, well, verse 9 rather, he says, I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation... <laughs> In other words, I'm going through the same trouble you're going through. In the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. When it says he was on the island of Patmos for the word of God, it wasn't for him to uh, preach the word of God there. He was being necessarily, maybe he did, but he was exiled there as an imprisonment. You know, we tried putting these apostles in the local prisons. That didn't work. It just, it just worked out to the furtherance of the gospel. It made the thing go further. So somebody had the bright idea, let's maroon him 
on, and I've never looked, some, some of you that maybe have studied history, it might, it might be a populated island. I don't know. I haven't thought about that, but you know what I picture. I picture the one palm tree. <laughs> and that's the island. But I'm sure, I'm sure it was more than that. Do you know what I mean? And, and forgive me for uh, those of you who are scholarly. <clears throat> We're but humble preachers. And uh, I haven't studied just exactly about that. But anyhow, he's on this island of Patmos as punishment, as imprisonment, so that we got to stop this thing. And the best way to do it is maroon him on an island, take away his cell phone, give him no internet, maroon him out on an island. And that's what they did. And I want to show you how well that worked. Because there was one thing they couldn't take from him. And here it is in verse 10. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard. You see that phrase, in the spirit. If you don't have that underlined, let's underline that. That's, I said, uh, all that we're talking about can home run back to one phrase. It's this phrase, in the spirit. And that's the assignment the Lord has uh, it told me to minister some on that week, this week if we could. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Well, what, what happens there in the spirit? Well, I heard. I was in the spirit and heard. I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what you, what you, so he heard something and he saw something. And he said, what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia and it goes on to list that. And because John was in this condition or in this, you could call it a place called in the spirit, he saw some things, he heard some things, he received some things and think of what we have because John was in the spirit. Think of what we have. We have, we have the book of Revelation where it, the, the, one of the first things that happens uh, in verse 12, he said, I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the candlesticks, one like the Son of Man. He's seeing Jesus not as he was on earth, but as he is in his fully glorified, resurrected state. Huh? And we get to see him like that because John was in the spirit. And he, amen. He was clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about with a golden girdle. Come on, man. You thought, you thought somebody's necklace was too much? Jesus has a gold sash that he's wearing around him. And his head and his hairs, his head and hairs were white. White like wool. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And so we have, we have this picture of Jesus because John was in the spirit. And then Jesus says, I got something for you to write. Start writing. Start writing. That's the best way to write, in the spirit. He, he gets in the spirit. And we have seven letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor. Guys, guys, these letters are on par with Ephesians and Colossians and Galatians. These are letters to the churches for the church age. 
we, we neglect them, I think, a little more than some of those other, some of Paul's writings, but these are, this is outstanding portion of scripture. Amen. And then the rest of the book of Revelation. Oh, we know what heaven looks like because John was in the spirit. We know what heaven's like. And then the rest of the book of Revelation, you might not care about this so much, but, but do you understand that once we're out of here, once the Lord comes back, takes us up, there will be people who come to Christ and come to faith during what's called a tribulation period. We call them tribulation saints. Do you know that they have a whole writing? Thank you. I like that. A playbook. They have a playbook. They know what's going to happen before it happens. Because somebody was in this condition called in the spirit. Somebody was in the spirit and they got all that. Also, you go over to, and I want you to see this, please, in chapter 4. Chapter 2 and chapter 3 are those seven letters to the seven churches. And then verse 4 says, after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet. Talk, you see it? There's, there's music. There's jazz clubs in heaven. You know somebody's playing like Louis Armstrong, Harry James. He's not even listening. Praise the Lord. And this voice said, come up hither and I'll show you things which must be hereafter. And verse two says, and immediately, immediately, instantly, I was in the spirit. He had been in the spirit, but then the Lord said, I need you to write some stuff. So he's, he's writing, and then all of a sudden he's instantly back in the spirit. What do we mean by this phrase, in the spirit? It, it's both a place and a process, if I could say it that way. But simplest way I know to say it's, it's when you are more conscious of the God realm than you are the natural realm. Do you get that? You're, you're more conscious. And, and there are varying degrees of this con- spiritual condition called in the spirit. Where one can be so conscious of the God realm that you are completely unconscious of the natural realm. Meaning a train could be going by, you wouldn't hear the train. Fireworks could be going off. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know the fire. You know, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're so in the God realm. Now, now this is, uh, you might say, Brother Joel, that sounds a little bit out there. Well, this wasn't just for John. This place called in the spirit. And what happens in the spirit? You see things. You hear things. You, you can deal with things. You can, things happen. Things are received. It's a merging of the God realm and our realm. And it's, John's not the only one that's happened to. There was, a, if you go to the second book of Corinthians, the 12th chapter, 12th chapter of second Corinthians. Hallelujah. And we'll, we'll shut this down. If you hang with me for just a few more minutes, we'll shut this down pretty soon and then pick it, 
pick up on it tomorrow because how many know that can sense that there's some things here that need to, that need to be taught, said. Second Corinthians 12, this, the second verse, Paul says, I knew a man in Christ more than 14 years ago, whether in the body, I can't tell, or whether out of the body, I can't tell, God knows, such a one caught up, caught up, you see that? To the third heaven. He doesn't use the phrase in the spirit, but this is, this is what happened. And I knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell. He was caught up into paradise. And what happened? He heard something. He heard unspeakable words, which we can't say, uh, which he couldn't talk about at that time. He received revelation. He heard things. He saw things because he was caught up. He was in this place called in the spirit. In the spirit, where the God realm merges with the natural realm. Amen. Amen. So much we can say about that. I'm, I'm, I'm reeling myself in because sometimes if you say another thing, then that's 10 minutes to ex- talk about it, explain it. You know what I mean? So, but the, there's so much to talk about this place in the spirit because that's the place where you're, you're in, things are in manifestation. Hmm? It's, not just the, it's not just the clouds hanging over. It's you and the cloud are one. And you're there. And you see. And so there are different ways that this phrase in the spirit gets used in scripture. Uh, different ways. And it means some different things. But one of the things it means is what I was just talking about here. This, uh, this condition. I, I don't know any better way. There's probably better ways to say it. But. This condition where you are more conscious of the God realm than you are the natural realm. I've had experience in the God realm. Maybe, I'm sure uh, the more experience you have in the God realm, the more you're aware that you, ha- you have almost no experience in the God realm. I, I, the more you go there to this place called in the spirit, the more you want to go there, but the more you realize we hadn't gone nowhere. You know, traveling with, I, I thank God I had an example, a mentor, Kenneth Hagen, who I got to travel with and um, pray with many, many times. Uh, not just him and me personally, I don't want you to think that, but in his meetings where he ministered on these things and, and, and would get to join in those. But anyhow, I mean, he had great experience in this place called In the Spirit. He knew, he knew how to go there. And I want you to see something or point out something that we saw in the book of Revelation that uh, John said at one point in chapter four, he said, immediately I was there. Immediately I was there. But then in chapter one, it just says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You can get there instantly or you can get there progressively. And you can't, Make yourself there, go there. You can't force your way to this state or this condition called being in the spirit, but you can position yourself. And there are things that you and I can do to, uh, to give the spirit of God the opportunity to take us there. Amen. Now you should be real excited about this because in the spirit, you see things. 
And you might say, well, what book of the Bible am I going to get? None. None. That's not for right now. That's not the, that, that, in other words, that's closed. But uh, being in the spirit is not closed. Revelation in line with the word. Revelation for your life. Amen. That's found in the spirit. I'll, say, I'll just say a couple things to kind of get your appetite good so that you come back tomorrow and then we'll, we'll close it out. But um, almost 100% of what I do when it comes to dealing with the devil, meaning rebuking the things that the Bible tells us to do with the devil, not square dance, binding, loosing, you know what I mean? The, the things uh, exercising your authority over the devil. I wouldn't say 100%, but close to, I do that in the spirit. Now, what's the opposite in the spirit? Well, there's in the flesh. And there are things you can do just based on Bible knowledge, and that's okay. But I'm telling you, the most effective way to deal accurately with some of these things is in the spirit. And I've had, I've had experiences in the spirit. Uh, I'm thinking of one time we were in prayer. And by the way, this relates to prayer, which is our subject in the morning. We will see how tomorrow. But, uh, <laughs> but I was in prayer one time. And all of a sudden, I saw. I, 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 I got to the place where I was more conscious of the God realm. I was, to the, I was in the spirit to a degree. You can be in the spirit to a greater or lesser degree. But I was in the spirit and all of a sudden I saw what looked like a closet, like a closet, like you'd have, uh, like if you had a staircase and you had a closet, maybe a coat closet in the side of that staircase. Can you visualize something like that? I saw that and the closet door was open and it shouldn't have been open. And inside it was like a little cubby kind of office with what looked like an old fashioned switchboard. And sitting at the switchboard was a demon. And you understand these things can be symbolic and all that. Doesn't mean that there was a literal closet and a literal staircase or what that. But I knew. Now you might say, how'd you know this? I knew it instantly because I was in the spirit. You know things in the spirit. I instantly knew that what this demon was doing in the switchboard was trying to hide the visibility of our church. In other words, when people would, uh, when there would be encounters where somebody would say, hey, there's a church that, uh, or somebody would say, I'm looking for a church, and you meet somebody, we call those divine appointments or divine encounters. And see, God has those, but you know that there's also an enemy who's trying to stop those. And so what he was doing was he was pulling out the wires that God had endeavored to to, to patch in. And so he's trying to pull him out and he saw me and he was, I, when I saw him doing this, he was actually having a pretty good time doing it. He was sitting there kind of grooving put, and he saw me and all of a sudden the look on his face went like, and when, as soon as he saw me, he knew he was done. He knew he was caught. And it was like, he, it was like, he looked at me and he gave me this look that said, Oh, Snap. 
or anybody from my generation that grew up watching Rocky and Bullwinkle? Drat, foiled again, huh? Or Scooby-Doo, if anybody watched Scooby-Doo, those pesky kids, huh? Because they always, they found us out again. And he looked and he said, he didn't say anything. He just, that smile, that grin on his face went down. He's like, I left the door. I forgot to shut the door. I've been exposed. I've been caught. I'm done. And in the spirit... When I saw that on his face, I knew I didn't have to do like, get up and do like these gyrations or anything or break a sweat. You're out. I said, you're caught. I said, you're caught. You're caught. You're caught. Now I said, I'm speaking. I'm in the spirit. I'm speaking by the spirit. I said, you're caught. You're done. Amen. And not every individual believer is going to have experiences like that. Just exactly. But you can see some things. You can know some things. And that's part of making this power. That's part of the power of God being brought in manifestation. And when you deal with the enemy like that, it works 100 times out of 100. You're in the spirit. You're in the spirit. Well, we're going to pray some today. Amen. And I'm just going to unhook there and then tomorrow we believe God to maybe hook back up did you did you get some things today are you are you seeing some things hallelujah praise God what we're going to do we're going to pray we're going to yield to God we're going to endeavor to cooperate with him to make power available you know some of that would affect these services wouldn't it what would that be? That when, uh, that, you know, when pastor just gets up and it's possible that she could just come to the pulpit. And like John, when he said, immediately I was in the spirit. Again, we're not trying to manipulate. We're not trying to force anything. We're trying to cooperate. But if that's God's plan, then we want it to be very easily accessible. We want whoever's ministering to come up and just step right in are you here to just step right into what God wants to do? And you might think that's automatic. That's not automatic. It's just as easy. It's just as easy, depending on what happens in the congregation and what's going on with the person ministering. It's just as easy for God to want to do that. And they come up and don't recognize that that's even there. Amen. I'm talking about whoever would be ministering in any kind of situation. Amen. So it matters the kind of supply we bring. It matters that we bring the supply of the right kind of power generating prayer. Like John Lake said, the body of Christ, the church, which is his body, is the generating power of God. Glory to God. So I know it takes some discipline. I know maybe you're tired or whatever. If you need to stand up and change your position, stand up and change your position, that's, that'd be okay. Whatever works for you, like, like my daughter taught me years ago, you do you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You do you. But we're going to pray and just in the general direction of God's plan for our day, kind of what we've been preaching on. God's plan for our hour, God's plan for our day. And then we're going to yield to the Holy Spirit, who's the one that can take us in the Spirit. 
Let's do it. Father, we worship you. We enter your gates with thanksgiving, your courts with praise. We give thanks to you. We bless your name. You're a good God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege to fellowship around your word, to fellowship with your things. Thank you for your plan for our day, for the for the move of God, for the plan of God, for that which must come to pass in order for the age to be consummated. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you that it all comes to pass. It all comes to pass. It all comes to pass. That we lack, we come behind in no gift. Glory to God. Everything that should happen shall happen. Father, we, we thank you for these meetings. And we know that prayer has been made in advance for these, we understand. But Father, thank you that everything that you desire to do for these meetings, that it comes to pass. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Any way that you Father, desire to move. Thank we thank you, Father, that it's that the power is there, the, the unction is there, that yes. it's recognized, that it's that we're able to move out into it and get the full result. Right. All that you want right. to do. Yes. All that you want thank said you, shall be said. Thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you, Father, oh, for it. And Father, not just in these meetings, but in meetings everywhere. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah, where God's in manifestation. That people would see, that people would would know, know. that people would find out about what you're doing and come and follow that which is is happening. Now, Holy Spirit, we Mm -hmm. thank you that you give us utterance, Mm -hmm. each of us, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to help us pray along these lines beyond our understanding. Yeah, so we yield to that now. Now lift your voice with us, everybody, and pray. Pray in other tongues. Maladicatis to go to Toko Pati, Tastaka, Rafa, store an end, store an end, store a ticket, Dane, Dane, Oto, Echele, Yeah, Mani Nigulazi, Mano Nigalese, Mano Nigalese, Susukote, Marachis to Gasiko, Tastico, Tastico, Chotso, Pombam Rainde, Lerotor, Leco Toste Casto, Copam Rain, Mento to Rabet, Mangragos to Tu lords, Trilen, Prenenge, Prenenste, Prusulse, Procoste, Reverso Corevense, Vriasto Coraban and Dicrocuste, Terra, Totla Secoban, Tron Nandinjantuste, Cards La Cotech, Dilace, Dilace, Dilace Catucroda, 
Dilachi Krokos de Gajena Pavra Vasco called Danzenda Ravona, Mela Toda Padze, Mela Tisco Gota de Bamra Bakra Presta Sata Konsengana, Mamma Boroko Bamma Vestek and Yena, Menchi Tigada Tesigur Bamra Gustavona Nastako de Nasi Tabs of Borabasta Gandanenj, Talide, Triada, Trelanis, Trolocas, Trolonoko, Baninistika Tadakrokosta Sidesti, Sidesto. Terra Pomrande, Terra Bonomale, Terra Bonomade Crocos, Taste Croco Varsi Tigro. Oh, my Gino, oh, my Gino, no Dogo Dane, oh, my Gino, no Corestiti di Cazzuco Replay, Dano, Delino Corez, Deletro, Tuesday, Tasse, Calizzo, Todafet, Darit, Darit Tigger, Darit Totanare. Deretto Dorosti, Dorosti, Yeah, 
That's why you can put it in the dance. Yeah, Brubo. Brino, look at that. It's a catada. Yeah, Mamma Tito Soko, Pedro, Dama, Toss, Deras, Ted, Paris, Gold, Zeris, Tess, Tannins, So, Tenny, Craig, Villa Suko, Brass, Mayato, 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 Oh, 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 oh,
that helps that you said that <laughs> helps me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Master. So of prayer that we have so important not everyone is on the same level not everyone knows how to get in the spirit on their own these are practice times come with us join with us praise God and I might invite you the next couple days um, if you feel like you're too far back, you know, or you want to be, be closer, there's something about proximity. This isn't a huge room, but if you want to come and, and kneel here by the steps or something like that, or come closer to the front, uh, we'd welcome you the next couple days to do that, to get in proximity of what's going on. Get near somebody. Get near somebody. someone who knows that flow maybe a little more than you. Yeah. Um, that has helped me tremendously through the years. When I said uh, when I said that I learned some of these things praying with Brother Hagen, I was on his crusade team, and we'd have these morning meetings where I'm prayer. And one of my jobs, and I know this might sound a little a little silly, but you got to understand these were big meetings with lots and lots of people. And every once in a while, you get somebody who's just not 100% stable mentally. You know what I mean? And and they they think that they have a word from the Lord for Brother Hagen, and so. One of my jobs, there's a couple of us on his team, one of, uh, that our jobs were to pray with, your, with our eyes open. The Bible talks about watching and praying, doesn't it? So I was, my job was to watch, and I, but I, what I would do is we had a set of speakers on each side. And so I would get by the speaker on that side, Tim would be on the speaker on that side, and there were others. Uh, just so if somebody decided to rush the stage while he's up there praying, that we could, uh, we could take their prayer requests just uh, before it got to him. That's what we would do. And, uh, and, and anyhow, but what I would do is I would stand right in front of the speaker and the only voice in it was Brother Hagen's on his microphone. So it was just me and him, as far as I could tell. You know what I mean? I wasn't hearing anybody else. And I got to be around him day after day after day praying and he'd get in the spirit. And as I'm connected uh, and just praying along and I'd... And, and there'd be what we would call ebb and flow. You know what I mean? Uh, like, like, you know, if you look at a landscape or, you know, you might have mount, a big mountain and then other thing. And there would be different, different movement. And I would learn to go on that movement by praying with him as he was going. And, and I would just find my spirit going there too. Because how many know it's the same Holy Spirit? Amen. So those things helped me. And uh, what, she, what you were saying, that would help uh, too. If, get, get near somebody who is skilled in these things, if you can, right. if you can. Amen. But just being here will help you. Amen. Just Amen. being here will help Hallelujah. you. Were you, were you blessed today? Yes. Praise the Lord. Was that all? I think, I think that's all for this morning. Thank you, ma'am. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.